This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk Podcast. Uh, Today's the day where apparently we're having every internet problem under the sun. So we'll, we'll do our absolute best to get the episode as as good as possible today um we're here it's the international break it's a bit boring but we do have a game to talk about from the uh, papa john's trophy on tuesday or the efl trophy whatever it's called now uh and we've got a, a full house today uh we've got three lovely lads with me jamie's battling illness vic's battling illness chris is battling an internet connection from the 1980s so <laughs> first of all jamie how are you pal yeah, I'm good, mate. Not too bad. I think feeling a little bit under the weather, but no derby result to be upset about. So <laughs> can't complain. Very true, very true. And Vic, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Been better. Um, I think maybe dissecting the derby season so far might cheer us up a little bit. So let's get into it. <laughs> Will it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> and, and Chris, how are you, pal? I don't know, mate. You're good to be back after a few weeks off, and hopefully this thing starts connecting. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, there was a moment of fear there where you froze for half a second, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But anyway, right. Let's let's kick off the show uh, talking about the only game we've got to talk about, which was the EFL Trophy, uh, Notts County away. Um, strangest bunch of fans have come across in a long time. Notts County. I don't know what it was. They seemed very upset that we brought fans to the game, uh, outnumbered them two to one. I think in the end, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. But the performance on the pitch was pretty good. Um, Sibley scored two goals. He probably should have had three. Collins should have had about 12. Uh, Jamie, how would you sum up the game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a free hit, isn't it? I think I look at the pizza trophy and, and maybe it's a, a chance to see players that are a fringe or potentially some of the lads coming up from the academy. I think Warren had the intention to bring the likes of Brown on, but unfortunately the game was, was still kind of in the balance, so we didn't see them, unfortunately. But... Yeah, I think it just gives Warren maybe more questions and answers, though, because Sibley's performance was good. Um, we know how good he is, how how he can finish when he gets the opportunity. Um, and I think there's a couple of people that potentially have put their their name in the hat to to start next time out, and they're not, I guess, the the glamorous or, or favoured names maybe by Paul Warren, because I think when he had the the pre match, uh, sorry, the post match interview they asked him about Sibley and it was almost like he was, he was kind of painfully saying how well he did. Um, 
I don't know if I read. I'm reading too much into that, but <laughs> maybe I, I just I just feel like I've come. We've come away from that, and potentially there's more questions about who who to start going forward. Mm. Well, I mean, we saw Vic um, when we played Lincoln at home in the cup, and Tom Barkhausen came into the team, had a brilliant game, scored a really good goal, and that pretty much brought him into the team in the league. And and now he's a mainstay. You can't drop Barkhausen the way he's playing at the minute. Now Sibley also scored in that game. He's barely had a chance since. Um, we seem to be talking about it all the time on on everything at the minute. I was talking about it on on Radio Derby on Friday as well. It's it's a big talking point because, as Jamie says, he doesn't seem to fancy Sibley at all. Why do you think that is? And can you see him getting back in the team? Um, that's a good question because if we look back at like previous years, there's quite a few managers that haven't really fancied Sibley, so. Is it a player issue? Is it just trying to chew him into a side that maybe he doesn't fit in? Could be that. Um, you can't really doubt his energy levels. Maybe his temperament is something that we need to keep an eye on because he is probably one of the worst tacklers at the club. But um, other than that, I think, honestly, if I, were to ass- if I was to assess Sibley, I think he's better as an impact sub just because every time he seems to come off the bench, he seems to have an impact. He gets a goal or he gets an assist and he can run at tired defences. I think for me... If I was if I was Paul Warren, I'd look at maybe using him as an impact sub. But for some reason, he doesn't seem to play well when he starts, and we've seen that over the years. That any time he gets the shirt in the starting eleven, he's never really produced the performances that he does when he comes off the bench. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, possibly to be honest. Would you say that's down to the fact that he rarely ever gets a start, and so when he gets a start, maybe he tries to do too much or? you know, ends up getting a little bit lost in the game early on because he's clearly a talented player and he does make a difference off the bench. But it seems so strange that if he has a one bad game, if he starts and doesn't make an instant impact, that's him gone. He gets no more chances. But a lot of other players seem to get three or four games on the bounce before they're dropped. Again, another interesting point. But I think there's a few players in the side that are like that. I think Barkhans is another one that's like that, where if he has a bad game, like we saw last season, he was just dropped from the team instantly and then we never saw him again after that. Um, you're right, he probably simply does probably try too hard. But for me, I just see his most effective play coming off the bench just because of what he's probably proved over the years. Maybe he's trying too hard. I think he deserves the shirt to start on against Shrewsbury on Saturday. But for me, I just prefer him to be on the as an impact sub at the moment until mm-hmm. he can be more consistent. Because I think the one thing that he lacks and he's lacked over the years is consistency in his performances. What do you think, Chris? It's an interesting one, isn't it? You we always talk about starters and finishers to um to for games, and yeah, personally, I think at the moment he's shown enough to be in the starting eleven. He's very much a form player, though. Um, like like Barkhausen, if if they have poor games, you really really see it. Players like um, Bird, for example, he can be a bit below par but he still gets through it and does and does enough but players like Sibley I think it's really obvious when he's not on it um but yeah I mean let's not as you know we're are a good team I know they made wholesale changes but that was a good win um I think I, I think Sibley I think Sibley's impact needs to be bench for the time being but it depends on other, it depends on other players the players form doesn't it it does and you did lag a little bit there Chris but I think we got the the gist of what you were talking about 
Um, and I guess just to finish off, Jamie, talking about the Notts County game, um, a player that Chris mentioned there, Max Bird, looked really, really impressive. And since he's come back from injury, he seems to have stepped up another gear. I mean, there was a time when he beat five, six players and was so unlucky to see his shot block. How, how big is his impact on this team? It's massive. He's he's a championship player. I mean, I, I think he probably gets into any championship team, championship squad, in my opinion. And I think we'll see that in um, in January because I think Mr. Asenia, Mr. Rooney will be rumoured. But I think there'll be a host of other clubs that will want to take him um, to the championship. So, yeah, I'm enjoying him. I have enjoyed him previously, but I'm, I'm just worried. I really am because I, I think if we're in a situation where we're not, challenging come January and the right amount comes in from a, another club, I think potentially we could be we could be losing him. But he's such an important player. He's growing. He's becoming a man. I think over the course of the last couple of years we've seen these academy players grow, you know, grow from from boys to men. And I think Max Bird is is that is that player and he'll just continue to keep getting better. But I just I don't know if it's going to be in a Derby County shirt, unfortunately, Jake. Well, that's that's the worry, isn't it? Um, and, you know, the likes of Bird and Cashin, I think, to be honest, are probably quite likely to go um, in January. There's, there's, I mean, with what, six months each on their deals left, there'll be teams sniffing around, as you say, in the Championship. We know that Brighton are after Cashin as well. I won't be surprised if uh, a Premier League club, maybe a low-end Premier League club, gambles on a player like Bird, especially if he's on a free. You know, we know that you have to pay a payout, but it can be what, a couple of hundred grand, which is nothing to them at all. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that sort of thing at all. Um, but Vic, I mean, we, we've spoken about a, a couple of things on the Notts County game, but one of the interesting things to come out of that game was Tom Barkazen's interview. Now, he spoke a lot about when he, well, when he got injured at the start of the season, he had very few assurances from the manager that he was going to play that he was going to play in his position. He sees himself as a winger. He's not a striker. He's not a wing back. He's a winger. Um, and Paul Warren gave him, yeah, no assurances that he'd have a place in the team. And he was really worried about that. And listening to that interview, it made me think that Warren was pretty much willing to let him go. Now, when you look at the team that we have, I mean, if Barkay's had gone, we'd be screwed, wouldn't we? I mean, we, he's him and Mendes Lang are the only pace we have. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean... And and it's testament to the player if you think about it, because if he's been given these reassurances that he's not going to be a guaranteed starter and he's come back into the side with all guns blazing, it just shows the character of the player. It seems like we've got the right attitude in him and he's got the quality that we, like you said, we we, we need, especially down the wings, because if we take them out the side, then we look at the backup options. It's not as strong as what we've got there. So fair play to Barkhausen. Um, he's proved the manager wrong in a way because he's come back into the side. He's took his chance as well. And um, yeah, long may that long may his good form continue. I took it in there right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no, I'm 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 impressed with Barkas and um and his interview was very telling. So I'm really proud of the fact that he's managed to sort of prove the manager wrong in that sense. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um and yeah, let's hope he can keep performing. I mean, we've seen already this season, haven't we, that we, we started off playing the three five two. It was horrible. It didn't suit the team that we had, even though we bought players specifically to bring that system, it just couldn't get the best out of them at all. We've gone to a back four and it's given players like Barkes and maybe Sibley as well a, a bit of a, a platform to build from. So yeah, let's let's hope to see it. 
Um, but we were speaking in the chat, weren't we, before recording uh, about topics for this, because this is we've realised it's a little bit of a quarter season review. We're pretty much exactly a quarter of the way through the season now. Um, and we need to talk about the disparity between Derby's home form and their away form. Now, we're second in the form table away from home, but 22nd in the form table at home, having only won one game, uh, one win at home since April in the league. It's it's a pretty horrible run. I mean, Chris, how do you see Derby turn it around? What can we do at home? that we're not doing, and you can't say win, and you can't say score goals, what what can we do to change things? Change the mentality, I think. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I always say that it will come and it's a massive game for them. I think we need to remember for, for a lot of our players, it's still a very intimidating ground. Um, and I think they need to, you know, man up a bit and realise that they're playing for a team, playing at Pride Park, who should be winning most games in League League One at home, and that's not being disrespectful to anyone else. But we do have, I think, the best stadium in the league. Um, and when we're when we're on it, um, one of the best teams in for the league. But we just tend we just tend to beat it um, by not so much the possession of the other team, but the but the willingness to run to close ball down to to to. to the time or what's it game management now they call it isn't it um but you said don't mention about scoring goals but i think if we can score early against teams and just get that momentum that's how you win games um and you know not letting the other team um dictate play so it's a really it's a really tough one because four or five years ago our home form was superb and even you know, even in our home, even in our relegations, it's still pretty low. We just got to find a way of getting that back. But I think the main, the, the mentality starts with the, with the players starting on the front, starting on the front foot, um, and yeah, getting those early goals. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, I mean, we tend to miss a lot of chances at home, don't we? Which ends up playing a huge part in in us not winning those games. We miss a lot of early chances. The other team then settles in and we just can't break them down. Um, and we've got a comment from Ryan John who, said, who talks about Warren getting his tactics and subs bang on one week and the next week it's the opposite. He makes changes that don't make a lot of sense. There's no consistency. And it, it, they are good points um, because, yeah, he seems to get it kind of right one week and then by the next week he, he flips it around. Like Cheltenham is the perfect example. Blackpool were amazing. We play a certain way. Next game, he drops players for whatever reason and he changes the system. We go to a front four and we end up looking toothless because we've got no midfield and we can't break the team down. So, yeah, it's 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 really strange, to be honest. It is really strange. Um, and Yeah, and we've got a comment from Adam, goal hanger, who's put, will Mendes Lang be rested ahead of Shrewsbury? I'd, I'd really hope so. Um, what do you think, Jamie? Because... Yeah, I think if if I mean it's stupid, isn't it? From Warren, this is nothing against Mendes Lang. I want him to play every game, but if he's not given a rest against Shrewsbury, it makes you sort of question Warren's decision making a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it feels like with Mendes Lang, if he stops, will he just not start again? Because that's that's Breaks the down. theory. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just absolutely crazy, and I think look, he's not the Mendes Lang he was at this time last year, in in my opinion. Um, and I think we've got we've got better players, in, in my opinion, to to start the game. I think you look at Barkhays and 
you look at John Jules potentially coming back, you look at um, Wilson as well in, in that kind of wide area, albeit he missed that that open goal um, I'm sure you talked about on previous episodes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make him pass before shooting, I think, Wilson in the future. But... Yeah, I, I just don't I just don't get it. And I think it goes back to the point of, you know, what, what we talked about earlier in terms of if Mendes Lang is is playing six out of ten for three, four weeks, he still kind of starts the, the next week. And you just think, you know, when is he going when is he going to have a prolonged period on the bench? Um he's never really on there. And if he is on there for one game, he's back in the next week. Um I get the player he is and I get the player he potentially can be, but I think you've just got to manage his minutes when he's flying all over the world. And don't get me wrong, it's the opportunity of a lifetime, as we've seen with Curtis Davis going and playing for Sierra Leone, which uh, I'm, I'm fully behind. But there's got to be a trade-off in terms of, right, if you come back, you know, you're jet-lagged or you're tired or, you know, it's just a it's just a hell of a journey back. You know, you've got to have not just one week, but potentially two weeks on the on the bench. Um, that, that's my personal opinion. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts him. He will, though, won't he? We, we, know, we know by now he will. I mean, in Mendes Lang's defence, I know you mentioned he's not the player he was last season. He played a lot of the start of the season, either at wing-back or as part of a front two, which isn't a position that he's, he's necessarily played in the past. Um, and I think he even came out and said himself, it, it'll take time for him to adapt. He's right up there in terms of assists. I think he's top two for assists in the league or something like that, or at least he was last week. Um, don't know what's happened over the last week or so, but he, I, I think he's doing better than people give him credit for. I think it's just we miss a lot of chances and that probably holds him back. If you think of some of the chances he's created that we've missed, he could have seven or eight assists if, if the strikers take the chances. So uh, that waggle one, that waggle header haunts me. It haunts me. <laughs> Um, but we've we've lost Chris, by the way. Um, you might have noticed by his connection, which I apologise for, that he was struggling a little bit with his internet. So, yeah, hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh, but Vic, uh, we put some questions about players in the chat. Now, we've got most impressive, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment and who we think will kick on. We'll start with most impressive. Who's impressed you most so far this season? I've got to back my boy, uh, Curtis Nelson. I've said it from the beginning that uh, he's been one of the uh, standout performers. He had a shaky first game, but he's come back roaring since and um, really grown into that centre-back role. He's an old-fashioned centre-back, no nonsense. He wins everything in the air, supposedly. And, like He's actually quite got a quick turn of pace as well for a centre-back, which is nice to see. Um, he's very calm and composed on the ball. Uh, he's done a couple of Keogh-esque runs as well which is uh, also nice to see. But I've been really impressed with Curtis Nelson. I think, um, again, he's probably the most surprising one as well for me. I don't think anybody expected Nelson to be as good as he has been. So, um, yeah, he's, he's he's my standout performer at the moment this season. Jamie? Yeah, I have to agree. Nelson, I think he's been fantastic and, and potentially kind of taken the shirt off of, of Sonny Bradley as well. And actually, uh, this is how good he's been. If you said Bradley's got to come in for him or Cashin, I'd say it comes in for Cashin at the moment, in, in all of fairness. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked myself, Jake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jake's face was an absolute picture. But um, yeah, no, he's been great. And I've also, I know obviously the injuries kind of cut short his good form. I've been really impressed with Tomo as well. I think Tomo's been fantastic and can't wait for him to get back. I think it came at an unfortunate time because I think he was starting to nail down a place in this team and now he's got to work very hard to get back in. Um, but but hopefully he can do that. 
Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. And I, I think I'll probably agree, to be honest. It's very boring, isn't it? But um, I think I'll agree. I think Curtis Nelson's been immense, hasn't he, at the back? And it was quite funny, Vic. Um, I think you and Adam both got rinsed for saying that he was he was quick the other day uh, in one of the clips. And yeah, I had a lot of people, I think on Facebook, talking about how slow our defenders are. And, you know, when you when you put them in a foot race, they're actually probably some of the quickest in the league, which sounds, sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, but right, next question. So biggest surprise, and you can't say Curtis Nelson. You can't say it's banned. You have to say it's someone else. <laughs> I'll go for Tomo. I think Tomo, based on how he performed in the last couple of seasons, we all probably, I, I think myself included, ripped him off at the start of the season. Pre-season, he did really well. He was really good in the, in the Spanish training camp. And mm. when he got his chance, he, he took it by the scruff of the neck and he really proved a lot of people wrong. So um, biggest surprise I got with Tomo. Um I'm actually looking forward to seeing him come back and how see how he fits into this midfield three dilemma that we've got at the minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom was really impressed. Yeah, we've got a comment from Mike Sable who's put Nayambi's impressed him. That's a player that we forgot. I think he's not played enough games. I think that's probably why I've forgotten about him. But yeah, that's a really good point, Mike. He's been immense, hasn't he? I and mean, we've not lost since he's come in. So I think that's quite telling. Uh, Jamie, what about you? Biggest surprise? I think potentially Waghorn. I think I went out at the start of the season and said that it was a good signing and I got a lot of people say to me, no, absolutely not. He has been very hot and cold, but when he's been hot, he's been he's been really good. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'd say Waghorn and you know, if, if we can get between ten and fifteen goals out of Martin Waghorn in League One, I think we've we've done really well. Um and I think potentially we'll we'll look at the same for for James Collins as well. So yeah, I think I think Waggy has impressed me. Shout out for Collins as well. Hype train, Vic. We've got to get it, we've got to get it going again. He knows he knows where the back of the net is. Um let's keep does feeding he? the ball. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. I should have told him that on Tuesday, mate. I think he needed to do that. He knows, he knows where hey. the back of the stand is as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the last two games have done Collins any favours because he's been pretty diabolical in front of the goal. But I do agree for the most part. I think, what, five goals um, so far this season, which is, I mean, he scored one by this point last season or maybe two. Um, mm. So, yeah, he's, he's outperforming how he did last season, which is really good to see. Um, now, biggest disappointment, uh, I think that I, I know what you guys are going to go for. Um, but, yeah, Vic, biggest disappointment. There's a couple. Um, obviously, Sonny Bradley's probably the the standout one in in the sense that there was so much hype around the signing when we when we got him in, um, and he hasn't really lived up to his potential. Uh, I think so far. I don't know if that's maybe due to other factors. We're not too sure, but I think just because we thought when we signed Sonny Bradley, we thought that's our captain, that's our leader. He's going to take us back to the championship. That's the back four sorted. And when he did come in and get his chance. He made a few mistakes here and there. Again, it's probably just because he's trying to settle in or he struggled to set into the side and settle in at Derby. I think another one for me is Colin Washington. Um, I just haven't seen the impact that I was expecting from him either. I just think when he's got his chance, other than the goal he scored at Burton, I just don't remember him actually getting in any position to see to see if he scores any goals. I mean, his off-the-ball work is great, but as a striker, especially when we've only got maybe three or four at the club, you'd expect him to be scoring as much as probably what Collins has scored so far with the chances we're creating. So Connor Washington's been a big disappointment for me as well. Yeah, I think Washington's a weird one, isn't it? Because I think the first couple of games he came in, he did make a real impact. And I think 
in the 3-5-2, he looked a good player. He'd stretch the pitch, he'd get in behind and he scored that goal against Burton. I think when you're asking him to play as a lone striker, I don't think that's his game at all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, he's worn signing. He's, you know, worn, wanted him at Rotherham, signed him, came to Derby, instantly wanted him at Derby. So he clearly wants him involved in some way. Um, but yeah, I think playing as a one up front, he can't play an attacking midfield. He can't play off the striker. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. But I, I agree with you, mate. He's been a little bit disappointing along with Bradley. Uh, what do you reckon, Jamie? Thinking the same? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I agree. Both good choices uh, or bad choices, however you want to look at it, I guess. <laughs> um, for me, Washington was just a, a bit of a strange signing because everyone that talks about Connor Washington positively is just how hard he works. And don't get me wrong, you warm know, I, exactly, warm ball. <laughs> but... I just, I just don't, just don't see how he affects games. Um, and I think we're talking again about stars and finishers. I don't think he's the kind of impact player you can bring off the bench. He's probably more of a starter, and I don't think he's good enough to start. So then, where does he kind of fit in? And then you've got this whole kind of worn agenda of he's brought him into the club, so that's when he comes on ahead of Sibley, like he did um, against Shelton away. I, I just, I just don't understand it. In all honesty, but look, we're not paid to to make those decisions. Unfortunately, that that's what Warren will live and and die by, by in in this you know this spell, I guess. But just want to bit see a bit more from him. In all honesty, but it just feels like Warren would look potentially at you know highlight reels of Sibley and highlight reels of Washington and, and go for Washington just because he works harder. Mm. And I, I tweeted out something after the the Cheltenham game. Hard work does not win champ, championship, league one or Premier League games. You've got to have that that bit of magic. You've got to have that that bit of brilliance, you know, somewhere in your team. And unfortunately, I feel at times we're just a bit too workmanlike and, and we don't have that that spark. Yeah, and I think Cheltenham was the most obvious version of that. I think it was until Max Bird came on, we just looked useless, didn't we? We didn't have a single player that, you know, could control the ball anywhere it was it was yeah horrendous horrendous so yeah i guess that's the depression out the way um and now vic <laughs> who are we looking to who are we backing to kick on who, who which players are you looking at and thinking right now you've got a real good run you've got a real good chance make your mark in the team and stay in the team um, well, I think someone that's shown signs of that already is Barkhausen. I think he'll really put a marker down. He'll probably get a few, add a few goals to his game, get a couple of assists, and really stamp his authority on the side. I think when he comes back, I think Joe Ward 
I think Joel Ward's going to be really integral to the way we play, especially down the right-hand side, which may even give Mendes Lang the rest that he so badly needs. Imagine him and Nambe on the right wing. I think that's a that's a deadly duo on that right wing. So <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking to those two. I think uh, to kick on once the once the um, international break is over. And I think as a whole, I just think we as a team will probably kick on. I think this is where we normally hit form every year. So I think. We were seven unbeaten at the minute, even though it doesn't feel like it. But it's something to build on. So we've built that platform. Let's go and uh, continue this long run. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Jamie, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Barkazen for me. Um, and I hope, I hope, fingers crossed, Sibley. Um, but that's all dependent on him getting the opportunities because I don't think a rare start and then dropping him for the next two or three and giving him 10 minutes at the end, you're not going to see... Um, the, the best of, of Louis Sibley. So hopefully we can we can see that. It's kind of make or break for him, I think, this season. As we said at the start of the season with him, Tomo, um, they're really playing for their Derby County futures, in my opinion. And I just think that Sibley is the player that would go somewhere in League One or maybe even the Championship, you never know, and find some form. And then we'd look at it, we'd look at it and think, why on earth didn't we get that Louis Sibley? Whitaker, Morgan, exactly, Whittaker. yeah, exactly, yeah, and it's funny because I'll, I'll um I'll let everyone into a a chat a secret or a behind the scenes secret. That's that's probably not the right wording, but Jake put in his um his first ever podcast. This was about a week ago, <laughs> was it? Yeah. And you you were absolutely raving about Morgan Whitaker. You were like, he's going to go to the top. He's absolutely brilliant. And I was like, I think that's the only time Jake's ever been right about it. <laughs> About a fire. <laughs> you yeah, were back on a rare occasion. Yeah, yeah. You were uh, for context, uh, me and my friend Lawrence, who did not another Derby podcast, if there's anyone here from then, that was a long time ago. Uh, we did a, a show years ago. We did one podcast, and that was it. We just did one, and we spoke about uh, Philip Koku first season. Um, and yeah, yeah, Morgan Whitaker was someone that I backed to go to the top, and it, it never really worked out here. Uh, but now he's at Plymouth, and he's smashing it, isn't he? So. Yeah, can't fault that at all. Um, and I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Barkhazen is really going to kick on. Uh, I think Sibley is as well. And I, I really back Sonny Bradley. Um, I think at some point, either Cashin's going to go in January. He'll end up at Brighton. He'll end up wherever. Um, because I think this is our last chance to cash in on him. Pardon the pun. Um, yeah, so... Um, I'm trying not to laugh at myself. Um, but yeah, we, it's our last chance to sort of get any money for him. So... Yeah, I, I think Sonny Bradley will come into the team and I think he'll be massive. His experience, now he'll be fully fit. He's played a few Pizza Cup games and yeah, you've just got to hope that he can step back up. I really back him to kick on and, and yeah, prove the doubters wrong, including us, including us, which is good. Um, and we've got a couple of comments. Uh, we've got Mike Sable, who again has, has asked, um, who's your midfield three? Uh, we've spoken about that a little bit. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll, I'll put it to you guys now. I'll, I'll open the room. Um, so yeah, don't all speak at once. But what, what's your your chosen midfield three? Let's say everyone's fit. Oh, good one. That's a good question. I think based on form, Max Bird's got to be in there because he's got the ability to change games. Um, ideally, I'd like to see him play at CDM though, just because I think when he came on at Cheltenham and played from that CDM role deep in and sprayed the ball about, he made the most impact. Playing further forward, I, don't, I think. I don't think he's used to it just yet. So Max Bird for me. Um, I'd like to see Tomo in, just for the energy. 
I know Fauna has been pretty decent, but I think if we compare the two in terms of the experience they've both got in the midfield, I think Tomo has probably got that slight uh, better edge to Fauna at the moment. And Conor Horan. Conor Horan's the uh, the Maverick. He's the one that's got the uh, the special. He can come out with this special goal or a special assist. He's got the he's got that ability in him. So you want someone that can win the game for you if we're struggling or if we're trying to get a set piece goal or anything. So probably them three. But then I'd say following that closely, Corey Smith hasn't really put a foot wrong in the last few games either. So there's a shout worth for him as well. Yeah, um, I'll give mine before I come to you, Jamie. Change up the order a little bit. Um, I kind of agree with you a little bit, Vic. I think Fauna offers too much with his interceptions, with the way he reads the game and with the way he carries the ball. Uh, I don't know what he's doing at the minute, just you know, giving the ball away at the edge of the box and hauling players down in the box. Um, <laughs> but when, when, <laughs> when he's not doing that, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. Um, so I, I'd play Fauna Bird and it's that third one that's tough for me. Um, I wouldn't put Smith. I know he's been good recently. I wouldn't put Smith. Um, I think I'd probably have to pick Hurahan as well. I think he's, he, like you say, he's got that quality. And whilst he doesn't have the legs, he can sort of find the pass. Bird will carry the ball, create the chances, and Forder will sweep up behind them. So, yeah, I don't, that's what I think. What do, what do you reckon, Jamie? Yeah, I, I probably agree with Vic. I understand what you're saying, Jake. Of course I do. Um, I have to say that, don't I? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think Birds, the deeper line, Tomo for the energy and Hurahan. What I want to see from Hurahan is, I think when I first saw that he was coming to the club, for some reason, I thought that he'd be advanced. He'd be on the edge of the box. He'd be picking out passes and he'd be that kind of player. However, I just don't think he is. I think he sits too deep for me. I think he almost seems like he wants to play for set pieces and kind of ambles over to set pieces. Um I just want to see more from from Conor Huran. And I appreciate, look, he's, he's north of, of 30. And of course, your, your game does have to change a certain degree. But we are playing League One here. We're not playing in the Prem. You know, we're not playing in the first top two divisions of this of this league. And I think he can offer a little bit more further forward. And I'd prefer him there than, than Max Bird. So, yeah, I just want to see the right balance in that midfield. And I think with them three, I think you've you've probably got it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, the, the, literally the only reason I chose Fauna over Liam Thompson is his defensive aspect. Because mm. I think with the three that you guys have picked, maybe we're missing a little bit. We don't have anyone that will put a proper challenge. I know Tomo will work hard, but I don't think he's got that edge that I think Fauna has. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't complain about either of them uh, if I saw him on the team sheet. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're all sort of on the same page. Um, we've got the Godfather in the comments. <laughs> um who says Bird, Tomo and Hurahan would be his three as well. Um, so, yeah, he agrees with you guys. Uh, I've always gone against the grain, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just standard. Uh, he's also, um, Mike Sables commented about um, Corey Smith saying after the Blackpool performance, I hope it gives him some confidence. And I, I think it has. I think he's that, that game sort of kick-started his... It sounds mental, but it's kick-started his Derby career because I think before that he was sort of coasting a little bit, which is good. But I think it's the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the case that uh, are these are these shackles that these players wear? Are they self-imposed or are they imposed by the manager? Because if well, they're imposed by the manager, then something needs to change. Because Corey Smith has, has showed you in that performance that that he can be box to box. I mean, some of the stuff he was doing, honestly, I, I thought it was Jude Bellingham. 
I, I thought I was watching Real Madrid. <laughs> the stiffest was... Jude Bellingham <laughs> of all time. Oh, no, what a comparison! <laughs> but, but honestly, he was he was absolutely everywhere. Flicks, tricks. I mean, yeah, I, what what Mike said there. I mean, um, immediately after the goal, you know, obviously he had that flick for the um, for the the other goal, um, but he also played a lovely like outside the boot. Like I think it was a throw in. And he, he just loses such a deft little touch. And you think, where's that? Where's that come from? Mm. Don't know it's where confidence. that's come from. It's all mm. confidence, isn't it? I, I wonder mm. if he just lost a bit. I wonder if he just didn't believe in himself and he was playing in this deep role or playing it right back and it just didn't suit him. And he lost his way a little bit. I don't know. See, I think I think that hindered him not playing right back. I think fans judged him purely from him playing at right back when we all knew mm. he could do something in central midfield. So... Maybe now that he's playing in that more in that midfield role, he's, we're starting to see the best out of him. That's why I say it's quite harsh to drop him from a midfield three dilemma. But then again, we've got a plethora of them here, so we do. We certainly do. Yeah, I think Paul Warren's got a lot to choose from. Um, I'm sure he'll ditch it all and go back to a three-five-two and play Smith at right centre back or something <laughs> to to throw us all off. But that's the way Derby are, aren't they? Um, I've got a real quick question uh, for both of you. Um, and I want to answer this quickly because we're, we're running low on time. Um, Jamie, where will Derby be at Christmas? What position? Give us a number. So, I'm going to say second because because I put a tweet out to say that I was so confident. This was about two, probably about a month ago, actually. I'm so confident that Derby will be in the top two by Christmas. So I have to back it. So I'm going. I'm going to go second. <laughs> I think we're going to go on. And looking at the games, to be fair, we've got we've got some games that we can go and get some points in. Um, and I think we've seen with League One, the results can be everywhere. I'm a bit worried about Pompey because I think potentially they could they could run away with it. Um, but I still feel like that second place is is up for grab. So I'm going to say second. Vic, I'm going to say. Fourth, I think if mm. we win our game in hand, we end for, we end up fourth anyway. So, I think we'll be comfortable top six come Christmas. Like I said before, it's the normally the time of year where we hit form. We go on a, a crazy run, so I think we're gonna we're really gonna kick on once the international breaks over. Yeah, I hope you're right, and I, I'm going to agree with you, Vic. I think fourth as well. Um, I think we'll be right up there. Our away form is fantastic. We just need to turn that home form around, but we've got the players to do it. Let the shackles off. Let them attack. Let James Collins score one of his 3,000 chances or wag on to score three headers from five yards. And if we can do that, then we've got a real good chance because this league is not good. We've seen, we've no, we've had what we think is a not great start. You know, there's been a lot of complaints on social media. The fan base is incredibly divided about the manager. And yet, here we are, one win away from fourth. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, isn't it? And and yeah, I, I think fourth is is right, Vic. I think we'll we'll get up to Christmas and then hopefully we can hit some form. Um, and the Godfather's put third, and DCFC James has put Derby will be fourth. So we're we're all back in the team. We're all positive. We're all hoping that we'll be right up there. Um, and let's hope we're right. Uh, and and one final thing before we do a quick chat about Shrewsbury. Uh, Jamie, style of play, home versus away. I know I asked Chris this earlier, but he lagged his way through it so painfully. Um, and before I ask, there's, there's a comment that Thierry Henry made. I don't know if you've seen on The Rest is Football. Um, really good podcast, really enjoyed it. He had an interview with with Gary Lineker, Michael Richards and Alan Shearer. And he was talking about when he went to Barcelona, 
and he talked about Pep Guardiola and the way that he wasn't just a motivator. He also taught him to see things that he, he'd never seen before uh, about the understanding of the game. And he said that they'd go into games and he'd know exactly what he needed to do against an opponent and they'd change the style of play for every single game. And it instantly just made me think about Paul Warren and the fact that Derby seemed to approach every game exactly the same. Um, so, yeah, I mean... He is the league one Guardiola, so you know that's a that's a comparison I'm allowed to make. Um, but but Jamie, what? Let, let's get onto it. How can Derby change their home style to get results? Oh yeah, I remember that question. Yeah, um, Chris was Chris, Chris was lagging his way the whole throat way through it, like you say. Um, yeah, I, it's it's difficult. I think we've just got to have that mentality. I mean, I spoke about it. I, I actually saw Adam and uh, and and Ash, another Twitter Twitter Ram, um, before the Cambridge game, and I said, you know, there was times where used, we used to come here, and as fans, we knew we were winning. We knew we were going to win the game because the team would come out, and they knew that they were going to win the game. So mm-hmm. the whole the whole stadium was this positive atmosphere, and almost there was no other result that was was ever possible and i think some that's kind of been lost and i think under the rooney uh, the rooney tenure because we were back up against the wall it almost kind of that created that siege mentality as they mm. say um and that was that wasn't lost it was it was almost like a a version of that derby but now i mean we all come to games and you know, we're all having a drink or some food beforehand and we're just thinking, I don't, I don't know, you know, don't know if we're going to win. And we're talking about teams like, I know this is no disrespect, but we're talking about, you know, the likes of Cambridge United or Shrewsbury or Cheltenham coming to Pride Park. They should have no chance against a Derby County team. But it's felt by the fans. It feels like it's felt by the players and it feels like it's felt by the manager. So I think mm. three of the three need to get together on the same page and believe at Pride Park that we can we can win um, and that starts in the stands, but it also starts with Warren playing the right personnel and the right way. We need to come out from the first whistle and absolutely dominate. And we need to take chances. Of course we do. Um, but I think sometimes we almost play like the underdog at mm. home, which, which we can't we can't do. That's not Derby County. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the fans will resonate if the team do that. I think part of the reason why the atmosphere is so poor at the minute is because we're coming into games and yeah, we've we we're not confident. We don't believe the team will go out and smash them. We'll probably start off decently. First five, ten minutes, atmosphere will be okay, and then it'll fall apart and it'll become dry and it'll become slow. And we'll either play it around the back or we'll try long balls. And there's no cohesiveness to the team, no excitement to the team, and we'll only create half chances, like the Cambridge game, where I'll be honest, it was boring. It was really boring. And how can you expect the fans to get up on their feet and cheer and chant and make noise if the football is so drab? So, yeah, I think it, you make a good point, Jamie, that it does need to start in the stands, but it really needs to start on the pitch too. Um, and, yeah, let's let's hope Warren sort of understood that. And, yeah, we stopped being the underdog and we go out there to batter teams. Um, Vic, I'm sure you'll probably resonate with what we've just said, but what do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys have hit the nail on the head. I think for me, I think we need to play maybe five yards further forward. We need to be more aggressive at home because I think, like like Jamie put it perfectly, we play like the underdog at home. It works away, but it doesn't at home. We should be the the ones on the front foot. We should be really, really pressing high, aggressive. Don't let them breathe. 
literally smothering. But I think another point to our players is we need to be more clinical in front of goal. We've missed so many chances this season. We could have easily probably won every single game we've played just based on the sort of chances that we've missed. So we need to be more clinical in front of goal as well. We need to be more aggressive. For me, I wouldn't mind even seeing a, a sort of slight change in style of play. Maybe go for a maybe 4-3-3 if that suits us at home. Just gives us more of an attacking onus. Um, the but, Derby yeah. way. Yeah, I was yeah, about to the, say. The original, the original <laughs> Derby way. But you know what, you know what it is? It, it seems to work for us at Pride Park. If you, think, if you look back over the years, we played 4-3-3 at home. And we, like Jamie said, we used to go in thinking, we're going gonna to win today. It's a question of by how much. That's the mentality mentality we need. So if we do need to alter it a little bit, let's do it. Um, Because now's the time to kick on. Like you said, Portsmouth look like they're running away with it. Oxford are on their heels as well, and they're doing really well. So if if there's any time to kick on, it's now. It is. It certainly is. Jamie, you look like you're about to say something then. No, I was just agreeing. Just (laughs) singing from my hymn sheet. (laughs) He's a wise man, Vic Singh. Very wise. Um, and, and just before we finish the episode, Shrewsbury away. Um, now, Shrewsbury, um, they're not great. They're 18th, I think, off the top of my head. Um, right down at the bottom of the league, very similar to, I guess, Cambridge as well. Similar points total. They're going to be a team. They'll come to Pride Park. They'll sit back. How do you see it going, Jamie? It's away, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do yeah. they come to Pride Park? They'll go to yeah. is it Bloomfield Road. Bloomfield Road? No, Meadows, Meadows something. You are having oh, a shocker. Showing my lack of knowledge here. <laughs> right, talk, talk, and I'll, I'll Google it. You, you look it up. You look it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to win. I'm, I'm positive. I mean, I did say that before the the Cambridge game, and look how that went. But no, I, I think we'll, um, we'll continue the run, and I think we'll get all three points. Um, and I'm going to say that Bart Hazen is going to have his best game ever in a derby shirt and i think ever. he's going to score ever yeah and he's going to score <laughs> twice and i'm going to go for a 3-1 victory and it will be curtis nelson getting the other goal similar to how he scored against cheltenham good stuff i've just just googled uh, it's called the new meadow stadium uh, so oh. apologies to everyone that i've heard there bluefield rose blackpool i don't know why blackpool <laughs> is on my mind um, but yeah, Blooms, Meadows, it's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Vic, what do you reckon? Um, I think we're going to see a reaction. I think Paul Warren said in his interview that um, that the, the team needs to have a hard look at themselves. The management needs to have a hard look at themselves and come back refreshed after the break. So I think we're going to see a rejuvenated Derby side. I think we'll be comfortably 2-0. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. And I think the goal scorers for the day will be... Tom Barkhausen, and we'll go for a Collins hype train to continue his good scoring form. <laughs> oh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And yeah, I, I think as well, I think I think we'll win 2-1. Um, I think, yeah, I think Collins will score a pen. I think we'll get a pen very early on and it'll be a classic derby. Score early, can't break them down. And then when they finally come at us, we'll hit them on the break. Uh, Barcase and he'll put it across to Sibley who will smash it home into the top corner in the last minute to make it 2-0 um, and then they'll score an even later goal uh, to put <laughs> us on the edge of our seats like always because that's classic Derby um, so yeah I, I think we're, we're all feeling pretty positive aren't we? We're, we're decent away from home up against a team that play not at Pride Park not at Bloomfield Road, they play at the New Meadow so 
um, yeah, I'm sure we'll head there. I'm sure there'll be loads of Derby fans there. We sold out pretty quickly. I, I tried to get tickets. Didn't get them. Did you get tickets, Vic? I bet you did. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. So yeah, um, safe travels to everyone heading down there. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for for listening or watching or, or whatever you're on. It's been a pretty long episode. We thought this was going to be a short one tonight. Uh, we've ended up going on forever. Um, if you did enjoy, please leave a like, leave a rating, whatever you do. Um, if especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a comment that's positive because that'd be really nice. We've got loads of great ratings, but not many comments. Um, so it'd be good if yeah, if you do enjoy anything about the podcast, unless it's about our internet connections, then yeah, please do let us know. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much to everyone who voted for us in the FCAs. We will find out all about that in Liverpool next month, and we'll, yeah, we'll keep you guys informed about what happened. Um, so yeah thank you very much for listening Chris isn't here so we can't mock the ending Uh, goodbye from me goodbye from me and goodbye from me cheers everyone thank you away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.